Hello everybody, this is Matthew Kettle, and uh, it's my privilege this evening to uh, introduce you to uh, our family catechesis schedule for the month of May. Uh, we're posting it on May 13th, and but perhaps you'll be watching or listening, excuse me, a different day. I'd uh, just like to begin a few announcements uh, for those candidates for First Holy Communion. A link to the video, which is going to be made in lieu of the First Communion Retreat, will be sent out in the coming weeks. Uh, the video will contain the information that would have been presented on the May 15th retreat, which has been canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic, so stay tuned. Uh, First Holy Communion has been rescheduled uh, to Saturday, May 30th at 10 a.m. in the Upper Church. We're still going through uh, various um, accommodations that are being requested of churches uh, to open up and have public masses, so there's more information to come. Uh, but you're welcome to contact me with any concerns, and I'll do my best to keep you posted of the latest information. Public Masses are expected to resume on Monday, May 18th at 6.30 a.m. with the first public Sunday Mass uh, in the Upper Church uh, being May 24th. Everything is subject to further developments from the Archbishop and Governor Walls, but we hope to see you as soon as possible um, as, as Masses open up again. Stay tuned especially to email for the latest information or visit the website. Our parish has published uh, programming on SoundCloud and YouTube. These talks, presentations, and mass recordings are available uh, to use for your own spiritual growth, that of your family, that of your friends as well. If you've not already seen what we're offering, please visit uh, the SoundCloud and YouTube sites. You can access them through the parish website. And feel free also to send them to your family members or friends, uh, as they can be great resources for those who are looking um, for something to uh, fill their time or for something to kind of take their mind off the pandemic. The last few weeks, of course, have been difficult for us all in one way or another. While things are starting to open up, uh, things will not be quote-unquote normal for some time. So please do not hesitate to reach out if you or your family have any needs, either spiritual or temporal. And the Church of St. Agnes will do what we can to uh, supply for them. You're welcome to contact me, Matthew Kettle, at familycatechesis at churchofstagnes.org. And finally, please hold the members of uh, our parish family, St. Agnes, in your prayers, that we can all be disposed to receive the many graces that the Lord has to offer us in this time. Uh, without further ado, I turn things over to uh, Father Moriarty, who will be giving, uh, who will be leading us in prayer and then giving the lesson for this evening. I just want to say thank you all for welcoming me uh, into uh, the parish for the last year. It's been a privilege to uh, work with you all and, and God willing, for you uh, in sort of doing some of the administrative things that I've I've done this last year. Um, I'm hoping to have some sort of evaluation sent out just uh, so that I can improve on certain things. And uh, if there are anything that you would do differently or like to have us add in the future or even subtract, um, you'll have that opportunity to, to reach out. Without further ado, I give you Father Moriarty, who will now lead us in prayer. The Litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. 
Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Holy Virgin of Virgins, pray for us. Mother of Christ, pray for us. Mother of Divine Grace, pray for us. Mother Most Pure, pray for us. Mother Most Chaste, pray for us. Mother Inviolate, pray for us. Mother Undefiled, pray for us. Mother Most Amiable, pray for us. Mother Most Admirable, pray for us. Mother of Good Counsel, pray for us. Mother of our Creator, pray for us. Mother of our Savior, pray for us. Virgin Most Prudent, pray for us. Virgin Most Venerable, pray for us. Virgin Most Renowned, pray for us. Virgin Most Merciful, pray for us. Virgin Most Faithful, pray for us. Mirror of Justice, pray for us. Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. Cause of our joy, pray for us. Spiritual vessel, pray for us. Vessel of honor, pray for us. Singular vessel of devotion, pray for us. Mystical rose, pray for us. Tower of David, pray for us. Tower of ivory, pray for us. House of gold, pray for us. Ark of the covenant, pray for us. Gate of Heaven, pray for us. Morning Star, pray for us. Health of the Sick, pray for us. Refuge of Sinners, pray for us. Comforter of the Afflicted, pray for us. Help of Christians, pray for us. Queen of Angels, pray for us. Queen of Patriarchs, pray for us. Queen of Prophets, pray for us. Queen of Apostles, pray for us. Queen of Martyrs, pray for us. Queen of Confessors, pray for us. Queen of Virgins, pray for us. Queen of All Saints, pray for us. Queen Conceived Without Original Sin, pray for us. Queen Assumed Into Heaven, pray for us. Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us. Queen of Peace, pray for us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Pray for us, Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promise of Christ. Let us pray. Grant we beseech thee, O Lord God, unto us thy servants, that we may rejoice in continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, may be delivered from present sadness and enter into the joy of thine eternal gladness. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have the great privilege of speaking to all of you today on the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And it's a very fitting day to do so because it is being May 13th, the anniversary of the first apparition of Our Lady at Fatima to the three shepherd children.
The Immaculate Heart of Mary, even though the devotion more formally began later on through St. John Eude and uh, something you know that was in the 1600s, nonetheless is something that is found in Scripture. First off, the heart of a believer is praised in Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not proud. Then later on, Truly I have set my soul in silence and peace, as a child has rest in its mother's arms, even so my soul. It's a beautiful image of a child resting at peace, being held by his mother. Boys and girls and parents and young people, this idea of a heart and a heart that we must imitate is something that is at the core of our love and honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Her Immaculate Heart, I-H-M, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Immaculate means without sin or without blemish. And this heart is a heart that trusts, is a heart that rests. Not a heart that's proud of its own accomplishments, but a heart that is grateful for the accomplishments, the safety, the protection, the love of God. Also in Isaiah chapter 61, I rejoice heartily in the Lord, in my God, is the joy of my soul, for he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice, like a bride bedecked with her jewels, period. And of course, the ultimate bride of Christ is the church. Mary, being the mother of God, is not so much a bride, but she has given herself to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, of course, allowed her to conceive the Son of God made flesh. And this verse from Isaiah, notice how this idea of rejoice heartily with great heart. The heart is not just something that pushes the blood around in our body. The heart signifies our love, our care, our devotion. This is why we say, you know, in the heart of hearts, I really think this, or I will hold you close to my heart. We have these kind of phrases because the heart is seen to represent what is very center in our lives. The heart represents how we are raised up in love. It's, you know, how our heart beats faster when we truly feel the emotion of love. But again, love is not just an emotion. It is a choice. Our heart must be given to God. Our love must be chosen for God. We must give our prayers, our attention. Uh, We must give our very thoughts, words, and actions to God. And this Mary exemplifies more than anyone else. The Blessed Virgin Mary who gave herself to God's will by saying to the angel Gabriel, you know, thy will be done in a sense. Uh, You know, I am the handmaid of the Lord, she said. May it be done to me according to thy word. There's also a great prayer in the collect or the opening prayer for masses in honor of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Lord our God, you made the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary, 
the home of your eternal word and the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. Give us a heart that is free from sin and attentive to you, I'm sorry, to your will, that faithful to your commandments, we may love you above all things and seek to help others in their need. And that's through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, etc. Notice that beautiful prayer. We begin with a recognition that God was responsible for the immaculate nature of the heart of Mary. So we thank God first and foremost for the gift of Mary. And then we recognize that that heart was prepared to be the dwelling place of the Word of God made flesh in the sanctuary, that is, the holy of holies for the Holy Spirit, then we're asking that our heart can also be free from sin so that we might be all the more attuned or able to listen to the will of God and then able to accomplish it faithfully, his commands. Most of all, the command to love him above all things and then to show our love to others who might need assistance from us in thought, word, or deed, or prayer. Now, this tradition of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is spoken of by many great saints. For example, St. Augustine said, she cooperated through charity in the work of our redemption. This is why we honor Mary. God allowed Adam and Eve to reject his grace and his plan. But Mary ends up being the new Eve who never rejects God's will. Now, granted, he protected her with the Immaculate Conception. She was conceived without sin, but she freely chose each and every day to be faithful to God, to be loving to her utmost ability, and she never sinned in any great or small way. We know this because the angel said, Hail, full of grace. In other words, recognizing that she was full of grace. There was no room for sin in her heart. And so Mary, by this free choice each and every day, using God's grace, helped with the redemption of mankind because her yes allowed the Holy Spirit to enter into her and to allow the conception of Jesus the Word made flesh in her very heart of hearts and in her womb. And so in this way, Mary brought the Savior to the world. It's truly an amazing thing. Something that we give God praise for and something that we want to imitate because we get to receive Holy Communion. We get to carry Jesus in our hearts as well if we do not have any serious sin on our soul. Now, of course, we are going to sin, but we want to make sure that we don't sin seriously, and that we do our very best to avoid even the small sins that we sometimes fall into. Mary gave all the credit to God. Even though we honor her for her complete faithfulness, Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Again, she gave all the credit to God, and we continue to honor Mary. Something else very special about her heart. There are very few people in Scripture where the very thoughts and 
their hearts are revealed to us. In fact, frankly, Jesus identifies some people what is on their hearts. For example, sometimes the Pharisees and the scribes, he says, oh, this is what you're actually thinking. However, a beautiful example twice in Scripture from the Gospel of Luke. First off, Luke chapter 2. This is after the birth of Jesus. The shepherds receive an announcement about the birth of Jesus, like glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men of goodwill. They go in search. They are told where the baby is. They uh, give him reverence. They tell Mary and Joseph about the events. And afterwards, it says in Scripture, Luke chapter 2, verse 19, Mary treasured all these words, reflecting on them in her heart. This time of great joy, the birth of her son, and all of this adulation for her son, notice what she does. Her heart treasures these good things and reflects on them. Boys and girls, young men and young women and parents, we should do the same thing. When joyful things happen, a birthday, um, you know, a wonderful day of marriage or an anniversary of a marriage, good news that we are receiving, or for example, when we get to go to public mass again, those are all times to rejoice. And it's not just a simple, quick thing, but notice Mary sets the example of truly treasuring. And treasuring means holding with great value. You don't just think of it and let it go, but you reflect on it. And of course, she gives the example of the Magnificat by saying, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. We always thank God for something good that has happened, even if we have cooperated with that good thing. Then we also have later on, when Jesus is lost in the temple and they are searching for him. So he's now 12 years old. Fast forward to when he is right before a teenager. They are traveling to Jerusalem and they lose him in the temple. He, of course, Jesus, is about his father's business and is questioning the scribes, uh, asking them questions. When they finally find him, he, of course, clarifies to Mary and Joseph that he must be about his father's business. Now, this is a time of sorrow. Can you imagine not knowing where your only child is for three days? That must have been extremely, um, you know, extremely sorrowful for Mary. She was filled with great anxiety and worry. And yet, after they find him, this is joyful, but it's also a hint of sorrow because they could not locate him for so long. And again, what happens? This is chapter 2, verse 46 through 51. And Mary, and sorry, and his mother, that's Jesus' mother, and his mother kept all these things in her heart. Again, she was presented with Jesus saying, I must be about my father's business. I must, in a sense, separate myself from you to do what the Father wants. And that separation is going to be somewhat sorrowful. So what does she do? The mother reflects on these things. And so, my brothers and sisters in Christ, even when sorrowful things happen, when God seems to take something away from us or allows a challenge to occur, we can imitate the Blessed Virgin Mary and meditate upon 
that challenge, that difficulty, seeing that that is an opportunity to grow in grace, to have our heart dedicated to God, to trust in Him, even if right now we can't figure out what God is going to do, knowing that God has a plan, knowing that God can transform a difficulty, a failure, a challenge into something greater, into something that assists our salvation. And so the Immaculate Heart of Mary is a great example for all of us. The month of May, we often dedicate to the Blessed Virgin Mary, but we also have a famous feast day coming up in June. Normally, the Saturday following the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, which is usually done uh, after the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Friday following. So this June 19th is the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Well, immediately following upon the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we honor the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary on Saturday, June 20th. And so let us thank God for the great example of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let us make sure that we always use her as a model for love of God. Imitate her virtue and her perfections and always reflect upon the joys and sorrows of life so that we might grow in trust in God's plan. God bless you all. I'm sorry that we can't see each other in person on this last uh, teaching day for family catechesis, but I look forward to seeing you in the fall, and I look forward to seeing all of you in church when public Mass is allowed again. Hopefully that will be May 24th, Sunday, May 24th. God bless you all.